Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast. It's been way too long since we had our Rockets expert, Frank, from Rockets Chop Shop, but he's back. And it's hard to believe we only got six games left in the season. Frank, did it go fast for you? Or has this been just like an eternity of a season? Oh, my God. This has probably the longest season of my life. (laughs) So (laughs) I I think it's a mixture of the current situation of uh, the team being what it is and the anticipation of what potentially could be on the other side of this season. So with those two combined, it's been met my it's been a it's been like Tillman said uh on on the uh, during Mardi Gras uh thank God we got 10 days off I'm looking forward to the summer I'll be saying thank God this summer uh because it's been rough but no no um excited for the summer looking forward to draft and free agency for the Rockets I want to ask you about the most controversial Rockets player in just a second but just a quick reminder to subscribe and comment on YouTube for those of you out there and if you're watching but there are times you just want to listen to us. You can always listen on the run by subscribing on your favorite podcast app. And if you're an Astros fan, we just did a season preview in our last show. If you're a Texans fan, look for last week's conversation with former Texan Glover Quinn. We've been doing this for 10 years, 1,300 plus episodes. So we cover all the Houston sports, not just the Rockets. And Frank, let's get to it because the most controversial Rockets player has got to be Kevin Porter, I know this isn't news to you, and I I see some improvements this season, getting to the free throw line more often, big jump in his free throw percentage, finishing better around the basket, but are you any more sold on him this year as a starter than you were last year? As a starter, yeah, yeah. I think think he can start. To me, the question with Kevin Porter, one, I've never been sold on him as as a point guard. I still think he's a combo guard at best. Uh, a secondary playmaker at best, a player that could get his own shot and basically create off of his scoring. If you want him to be the guy that's going to set the tempo for your team, be able to feed everybody, get guys uh, ordered and, and, and bring some structure on the half court setting, then, you know, I got news for you that that ain't happening. But as far as a starter, I think he has a skill set to be able to play as a two guard or a three in certain lineups, depending on who's out there. Uh, I think the thing and the thing that makes him hard to envision is that him and Jalen are redundant. Um, they're redundant skill sets. And I think that's really what makes it really hard to see because then you start putting them like if you put them at three, you're going to have two subpar perim- perimeter defenders Then your point guard and everybody else has to be really, really good to make up for that. So in a vacuum, he could be a starter um, as a two guard and possibly a three. Um, but I think once you start getting real players and this is no shot at him, it's just what it is. I mean, he's a fourth year player by this time you know who the guys are that are the real, like the real, like really good guys and good. And as far as on the court, like he's just not one of those type of guys. He's not in that uh, caliber of player where it's like, Oh yeah, this guy has to be a starter. If I get a better player in, I'm sliding him down to the bench and he can come off from that. Another thing with Kevin Porter that I, I would really be curious to see how he reacts to a new coach. I assume the Rockets are moving on from Steven Silas. If they want to win, they're going to move on from Steven Silas. Um, once a new coach comes in, and maybe the coach doesn't want to use KPJ in the, this high usage version that we see and wants him to be more tame, wants him more off ball, wants him to focus on defense. How does he respond to his minutes being cut or him not being the feature player on the team anymore? I think to me, that's going to determine whether his long-term outlook, whether he's on the team or not. If he comes in and it's a bad, just buzzkill, he's dragging and having all the, you know, all the, the bad body language and all the stuff that goes on when these guys are mad, 
uh, then, yeah, I don't want him around the team anymore. But if he can accept whatever role comes for him, then, yeah, he, he should. I think he's talented enough to be in the NBA. And I think that if he keeps maturing and learning to be a better man and a better person and a basketball player, then I I'm really do think he has some upside to him as well. Yeah, you just said it. I, I just don't know if he can handle coming off the bench, and, and that would be a huge concern. And just there's just some other stuff. And, you know, I tweeted about him recently. Of course, Rockets fans, they got in their feelings a little bit. I said, quote, John Morant and Darius Garland came out in the same draft as Kevin Porter Jr. Let me repeat that again. John Morant and Darius Garland, they were in the same draft as Kevin Porter Jr. I said, why do some Rockets fans still insist on reminding everybody that KPJ is young. Why is that an excuse for his lack of focus, defense, effort, or maturity on the court? And that, and that's my thing, Frank. I mean, everybody got mad at me about that. And they're like, ah, blah, blah, blah. And they love Kevin Porter. But it's just the same thing. I see it on repeat. And this has been going on for three years. We could talk about the coaching or whatever. But, you know, at some point, you just got to grow up. And I just have a hard time believing that John Lucas is not in his ear. I get it. It's not Steven Silas. But for three years, I'm guessing John Lucas has been in his ear and saying, look, man, you can't do this. You can't throw your arms up. You can't stop trying on defense. And how many times, Frank, do I watch him come up the court and he's just flat footed? He's on his back feet. He's, you know, he's treating it like this is just a game out at the YMCA or something like that. That That's what I just don't get, Frank. I don't see that changing with the coach and it not changing fast. Maybe he matures, but it's not, it's not going to be next year or the year after. I just don't want to wait five years for him to mature. Everything with the NBA with players, especially players that have trouble passes, is their talent worth the trouble? And when he was younger, you see like, man, this guy has a lot of potential. As time goes on and the years kind of pile on, the money starts taking hits. It kind of reaches a critical mass where it's like, okay, you've crossed that threshold of is some of the things you bring to the basketball court, does it offset just the non-basketball attitude and some of the other stuff that you the teams would have to deal with? So especially when he's not going to be one of the best players on the team. it's I guess it's more tolerable when it's Dacian Knicks as his backup. But when they start having actually real NBA players, real vets, that are probably going to be better than him. That some of that stuff becomes like, okay, like we're not going to do this anymore. And if a, if a new coach comes in, they might not even want to deal with that. Even the way the Rockets structured his contract, um, they put out um, for them to get out uh, next season. Uh, so even though he has the three, uh, the four years or three years, whatever it is, it's still technically next year. He could be like an expiring. Now there's guarantees next year for him to get paid based on the different dates, but it's still an expiring contract. And so that should tell him that as much as Houston loves him and Stone loves him, that the reality is that the NBA is a business. And if, if he really loved you, he would have given you 80 million guaranteed straight flat. But in that contract, that's a little sneak peek into reality for KPJ of what's around the corner. They're saying we're going to give you a chance, but it's going to be based on, on you. And I think it's almost like it's not a, a coincidence that the season that they put those non-guarantees are the ones where they might want to pivot to start winning and saying that, okay, we want to win now. So now you become a little more expendable. So that should tell them something um, going forward that you have to really straighten up and it's not going to be about you going forward. Like you have to be part of the, a team concept and bring basketball to the table and nothing else. There's one guy on this whole roster that set up 
for a salary dump trade, and that's Kevin Porter. You could add Tate to that. I think his, his Tate is also set up for, even though his is a little more uh, secure, I think him and KPJ are going to be the bait salaries or the, the salaries we can use to aggregate if we ever wanted to go big fish hunting in the trade market. All the other guys, small contracts, Shangun, KJ, they all still have their rookie uh, rookie deals. And so those are pretty much useless. I don't think it's worth their talents to just throw them unless they're a sweetener. So yeah, if, if for Rockets fans, if you guys want to see potentially, if we did make a big trade, it can almost be guaranteed that KPJ and either him or Tate or him and Tate together are going to be out the door because they're the, they're the salaries we have for that. I want to get into Jalen's better play in a second. Before I get there, I kind of think it's been lost in the shuffle that Shane Goon has really struggled over the last month, Frank. And I want to give you his numbers, and I'm going to pick the date, February the 10th. And I'm going to tell you why I picked that date out in a second. He's shooting 51% from the field, 61% from the free throw line, down 6% from the field, 13% from the line compared to his numbers before February the 10th. His defense, which looked improved this year, you and I agreed about that, has taken a major regression. His defensive rating the last two months is terrible. Frank, I picked the date of February the 10th because it's the date of the earthquake in Turkey. It might be mm. pure coincidence, but I just thought it's worth notice, noting. And I just, it's just something that I noticed right after that happened. And he just, he didn't seem the same. I mean, that's a very big possibility. And um, having to bear that and think about family and all of those things, I think it's that a mixture of I think the team also kind of went away from him and he might just be a player that you have to really involve to be able to see him in his best. Lately, his defense has improved the Knicks game, notwithstanding that was not a great uh, defensive performance for him. But I would say like with the, in the, some parts of like the Cavs game and some of the games before that, especially when they were playing really, really good, he was a, he was playing really good defense in a pick and roll. And I think the fact that Jabari was playing good defense also helped them out. Um, yeah, he has struggled. He struggled in pretty much every other aspect of his game. He's not playmaking as much as um, he used to. Um, but it kind of also correlates with them going away from the whole Shangun as the focal point of the offense. But I saw that. I saw the play go down at about that point. And that, during that time, that was the yeah. time where those two guys were. At, I mean, it, it was like he was on that huge roll when those yeah. two guys went out and they started to really focus the offense. But I thought he, would, I thought he was playing so much better this year especially in the too much even before that and then they started really giving him the chance to even expand on that and then all of a sudden it was just like we're not seeing the same and the thing about Shane Goon Frank is he's not somebody that makes excuses there's a lot of guys on this team I would think would make an excuse or say something Shane Goon is not an excuse maker yeah he's not and he takes full responsibility over stuff unlike even to the point of where he's taking responsibility for stuff Steven Silas is responsible for yeah, I think it's a mixture. That I think the the them going away from him. I think some of the comments by the coach and uh, Stephen Silas. I mean, if if he had any confidence issues, your coach openly basically saying that you're a terrible defender uh, in post game, blaming you for stuff, and not just blaming you. And I don't think he would mind if he was blamed for stuff, but he's being he gets single. He was being singled out out of other the we have Dacia Nicks and. Jalen and some of the stretches he had, Kevin Porter and Jabari. I mean, we've had really bad and horrible defense across the board, enough for everybody to get called out. But it always seems like it was Alperin that was the one. I think all of that in totality 
with the things he's probably dealing with his home country, him being a national figure to them and loved by, you know, the Turkish fans. I'm sure it's, it's like his confidence is taking a hit. And I'm sure if there's anybody that's ready for a new season, probably under a new regime, it's him because I just don't see the same. He doesn't even try like not, he tries, but he doesn't try to be creative anymore. And I think he's one of those players that is like an artist that you have to give them the uh, freedom to explore their game in order for him to really show his peak. And I, you know, this might make some people might think I'm, you know, I'm too high on Schengen. Some people say I'm too low on him. We are actively seeing uh, somebody's like uh, a player's potential trying to be diminished based on the fact that he just doesn't fit the context he's in right now. That's why early on I was a proponent of Rockets. If you don't like him, bump his stock up and trade him. Because just on a pure basketball, as a fan, I know that whatever they're having him do, set screens and roll and one post, you know, a couple post ups here and there. It's lazy, it's unimaginative, and it's really, really kind of bad to see when you know he has a world like worlds of just more potential in in that player. But it's hard to do that when you have so many young guys on the team. You would hope a better coach would come in and try a different system that involves everybody's skill. But Steven Silas is not that guy. So yeah, it's just it's really sad to see. I think he can play better. I think that on in a better situation he would, but it's probably just like he's it's, he's worn down with always trying to fight uphill for every little thing that he has when everybody else around him is not as good uh, most of the time. Yeah, I think you need to factor in one more thing that is might something might be missed by Rockets fans is the league has adjusted. The league tends to adjust. And as we true. started to give the ball to him more, they adjusted. And one thing that they can adjust that's very simple and that is a huge problem with his game and this team's game is – they just crowd him now in the paint because the Rockets can't shoot threes and Shane Goon can't shoot threes. And Shane Goon, I think, has missed a major opportunity this year of like, hey, I just got to start firing from three because this is the year to experiment with that. This is the year where I can get better. You don't get better shooting threes by doing it on a practice court. You do it by doing it in game. And even if the coaches yell at me or they get mad at me for shooting threes, which I just don't think. I don't think Silas would get upset with him. Mr. Positivity is not going to get upset with him at shooting threes. And I think this is the year they know that the whole franchise knows that this is the time you have to experiment with those things. But yeah, Frank, that the crowd in the paint, the, the other teams realize it, oh, we can just crowd. We, he can't do stuff in the paint because we'll just crowd. We'll send three or four bodies at him. Yeah, the adjustment is there. And to me, that's not unrelated to the system part. Because there's nothing to counter to his post-ups that the team is doing. They just stand there and watch him. It's like, go post up. We'll watch you post up. And if the defense traps or adjusts you, hey, good luck, brother. And so it is lazy. We're the the counters for that. When the guy that's going to come help out, punish him. Make him have to be in an impossible position where if I'm going to help on Shangun, they're going to get a good shot on the perimeter or somebody's going to get an open bucket. We're not doing that. And that's on coaching. And I think it's really hard for a player his age to overcome that, where if you guys watch the games, he'll get cooking. Maybe he'll make a couple baskets, whoever the biggest. He can, I've seen him post up guys like Joel Embiid and put him under the basket. The team start bringing that help defender to dig at him once he makes his initial move, and then he gets a couple of turnovers. They're done with that. It's just lazy, and that all goes is still tied in with the system. It's it's just no, and this is a counter. This is for everybody, for Jalen as well, and we'll talk about him. A lot of the reasons he starts, he struggles 
is because that we don't have any counters and some of it is on him as a ball handler. Uh, there's no counter to the initial talent you're flashing. One of the great things about doing anything well in the NBA, if you're a scorer or an offensive player, it's not just the initial scoring ability. It's the fact that you can punish teams uh, based on that skill. The Rockets have all this potential in certain players. And once that, that initial talent is figured out by these complicated defenses, it's done. It's a wrap. And it's sad to see for, uh, for these young guys because I think that they could do a lot more. One of the things that needs to change on this team is the bad body language. And Silas finally publicly called out the constant whining with the officials. But, man, it's not just that. I get sick and tired of guys looking at their teammates in frustration when somebody didn't do their job. It's an epidemic. I threw up a video, Frank, of Jalen doing it to Shane Goon, basically quitting on defense in the middle of a possession, throwing up his hands and yelling at Shane Goon. I put it up not necessarily to single out Jalen, despite what Twitter <laughs> wants to believe. I did it because, Frank, this is team-wide. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's bad. Um, Shane Goon is is bad. Jabari is bad at it. Uh, Jalen, he's not so bad, but he gets uh, Kevin Porter. We already know he has bad to officials, to teammates, to coaches, to everybody. It's the wild west on the team. As far as what guys want to do, it shows up on the court and it shows up, shows up in other aspects of the game as well. And I think the winding is one of them. The only vet they had was Eric Gordon. And Lord knows he's one of the <laughs> whiniest, uh, uh, players in the NBA. The captain. I, I remember the captain. The captain. <laughs> I remember one time Mark Davis, they caught him on a hot mic, basically telling, uh, I don't know if it was Dan Tony or somebody to get Eric Gordon away from him. Like that's how bad Eric Gordon is. So that's their standard. So it's to me that that's just like you have to put some players around them to help them out. They're being breeded in this culture, whereas everything is about them. They're just learning on the fly. You have a bunch of kids teaching other kids. You know, the term blind leading the blind. This offseason, once again, they had the riot. Raphael Stone's phase two involves any winning. He has to overhaul the roster. The Boban, I love Boban. He got to go. We need a real NBA contributor in that position. The Knicks is of the world. They already got it rid of Garrison Matthews and them. But those like last four or five roster spots, put in some vets there. Then make some moves in the actual starting lineup to uh, bring in some winning players. Because right now with the way that things are, we may see flashes of good, but good ain't going to get it. You know, I think a lot of the times teams assume the Rockets are going to be easy. And what they try to do is that they'll like chill in the first half of games and then try to turn it on in the second half. And if we're really get have it going that game, it'll be too late for them. We could have a 40 point lead. It always comes down to like the last shot of the game. No matter what happens in the first half, it always is going to come down to the last shot if we're not getting blown out. So I still think we have a long ways to go, as was proven a few games back to back. Uh, but, you know, we have talent. And I think that's really what we need. They just need molding. All that whining stuff is, is not what I want to see from the guys. Like, there's just too much. They haven't earned anything in the NBA. Now, there's some times with the refs. We know the refs have been terrible uh, this entire season. But, uh, you know, you guys are a bunch of rookies. Just play hard and just try to earn your name on the basketball court. If you play good, those refs will know who you are. And that's the best way to do it. It's not by complaining all the time. Yeah, they're complaining like they think they're Golden State. And like, wait, or the something. refs aren't giving us respect. The 96 though. Bulls or something. Like, <laughs> they, they think they're the Jordan uh, uh, the Jordan Bulls. Like, no, you guys are the worst team in the NBA. It doesn't come like that. They don't know you. They don't care about you. The refs aren't studying you. They don't know your tricks or what moves you're trying to go to. Like, the refs really look at all that stuff. That's why they know when guys get fouled, especially the big, big name guys. They study their tapes. So, 
they don't care about us right now for us to be doing all that. It just really gets annoying to watch. Yeah, and it's not just the fact that they're doing that. It's the fact that they're not getting back on defense and, you know, they stink on defense and transition anyway. And so you got that as an issue. And it's funny you mentioned Eric Gordon because I think Eric Gordon, as he walked out the door, said, you know, you're going to start now, KJ Martin. So you need to take over my moniker. Every time they, you, you, you get uh, out of the basket, throw your hands up in the air and complain to the officials for the next 10 seconds. <laughs> well, at least he doesn't have the funny facial expressions. That's what I miss about EG is the, you're, I've seen him literally plow into players like head first, knock them down, and they call an offensive foul on them. You would think that they accused him of like killing somebody. To me, the one I hate, I, honestly, the I hate the team to team body language, which is when one guy misses a defensive assignment, they stand there and argue with each other during the game. It's just like, guys, come on, we could talk about this in the timeout or in the huddle. Like, come on, show some more, you know, more camaraderie. Let's like move on to the next play. I hate seeing that because it just shows, reminds you that these dudes are so young and the fact that they don't have that many veterans on the roster. Can, can I just say, it's always the excuse of veterans. It's always the excuse <laughs> of the coaches aren't good enough. Let me just point out something. Go ahead. Jabari's got this problem. Shane Goon's got this problem. Kenya Martin's got this problem. Jabari's dad played in the NBA. You know, it's not like he hasn't watched NBA stuff before. It's not like he's... This is not something that his dad couldn't talk to him about. K.J. Martin's dad played in the NBA. A guy named Kenya Martin was a pretty dang good player. I watched him for a lot of years. Shangun played in a professional league. In your, and I don't know what they were doing in Turkey. but Nah, they doing, complain. He was doing that. <laughs> he, he, if he was doing that when he was 16 and 17 years old and not getting back on defense and yelling at teammates like that, okay, um, I mean – come on, man, you don't, you're telling me that they would have put up with that crap from a 16 or 17-year-old when he was over there? I don't think so. You're not wrong. What I'm saying is, who's there to check that? It's like, oh, my kids are bad, and you're blaming the kid. Yeah, I know they are young. They are young, and the oldest out of the group you named is uh, uh, KPJ, and then KJ is the next veteran. Obviously, Tate is there. I think he tries to do as much as he can, but they're not going to listen to him. So if you're not, the coach doesn't have the presence to be that like standard of no, we're not doing that. You think they would do that if they're on the Spurs? No, because pop, you can give pop a bunch of middle schoolers. They're not going to be doing that. So the culture being set on the Rockets um, is something that needs to be uh, upgraded as they're upgrading everything else. It's like they have to learn how to win. And that's one of the barriers they're going to have to uh, go over next season. That makes me think that, you know, people expect the, this huge leap. Next year, like they're going to be this playoff team. If we're going to keep a majority of these guys, they're going to have to be taught how to be professionals from scratch. Like, no, this is what we do. Get back on defense. Stop complaining as much. Do your job. And then once you earn some cash in the league, then you can start doing all these things. It, it really does come down to me, the coaching. And I know it sounds like I'm picking on Steven Silas. It's nothing personal. But as a Rockets fan, the guy needs to go. They just need to get a new voice into it. We're going into a new phase. We need a new phase coach to um, to take the team to the next level. Yeah. And I just feel like if you're watching this, you probably know this by now, me and Frank care about the Rockets. We are not, this isn't a Shane Goon fan right. club. This is not a KPJ fan club. When I put out a tweet on one guy, just take a look. I've put out, and so has Frank, thousands of tweets. We complain about every guy at one point or another. We're not happy with other guys. We, we, check everybody this is not a, a thing again we're not fanboy on one right. guy if you're fanboy on one guy you know 
then don't comment because you're in the wrong forum. Uh, subscribe to me, follow me and Frank. We'd love for you to do that, but don't, <laughs> don't, don't comment on it because you know, that's not our deal. You know, if you want that, if you want to get that, go somewhere else. You can't like, you can't win. There's no, like with the fan base right now, we have so much like random standums uh, going on that you say one compliment about one person and something bad about the other. It's like, yeah, I'm a Rockets fan. All of these players, coaches, GMs, they're going to come and go. But at the end of the day, it's still the Houston Rockets players come and go. So Jalen is going to be here for a time. And then whether he retires here or he gets traded or whatever, he's going to go and there's going to be another guy. I care about the team. I pay money. I take my kids to the games. We try to build those traditions with our sports team. And I'll, I'll be damned if I, 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 I uh, change the way I care about the Rockets because I like a player. So that's never going to be me. So you guys can comment, you know, like, you know, subscribe and support us. If you guys like hearing just the truth and, uh, just hearing real takes about your basketball team. Yeah, as Jerry Seinfeld said, I, I root for laundry. You know, sue me. That's what I do. I root <laughs> for laundry. Uh, let's finish on a good note. Jalen Green shooting 47.5% in his last seven games, averaging seven free throw attempts, which that's looking a little bit better than it has been. I'm not a fan of small sample sizes. I know Twitter likes yeah. small sample sizes. I am not because offensive guys specifically – Go hot and cold, Frank. But I've noticed his defense has been a little bit sharper since the All-Star break. Is this something? What do you think? You mean you don't like the last two game stats? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, um, I think overall, I'm going to even step back past the, the whole season has been building up to this and throw his efficiency aside. That's been up and down. His shooting hasn't been, it's been better as of late. Um, it's still kind of streaky at times, uh, but he's been having really high highs. And there's some games where it's like, eh. but one thing I have been liking that I'm seeing lately, and this is something to me that's been building up, is what you point out, the ability to get to the free throw line, because he's learning to draw fouls going downhill. One of the key things in his rookie year that he struggled on was even getting to the basket. As fast as he was, he would go a thousand miles an hour, uncontrolled, no pace, no matter who was in front of him, he would just throw his body into there and he would lose the ball at the time because he was just weak at that point. His strength, you can see he's gotten bigger. He's not where he's going to be, but he's better than what he was before. And that's really helping him get into the paint with some with some body and be able to get to the basket and finish his layups. And the, now that he's learning to use his change of pace and his speed, it's leading to him getting free throws and scoring even on inefficient nights. He can still drop 24, 25. That is a prerequisite skill level for a player that's going to be known as a scorer. You have to get to the free throw line and you have to be able to score when your uh, shot isn't falling. And that's the most, to me, the most encouraging thing I've seen from Jalen this stretch is that despite his shot not falling, he's still getting to the line. Now, him being a two guard, it's, to me, it's one of the least impactful positions as far as winning because just scoring, if that's your only thing, you just score, it really doesn't like lend a lot to winning. Like what I mean by that is if you want to build a winning team, the two main positions are going to be a center and a, power, a point guard. A center defensively, an anchor, is going to keep you at a baseline defense that can help you win games. A point guard, that's the guy controlling the ball, is going to be the person that shares and distributes tempo. That could really set your offense up. For Jalen, as a scorer, I see those as ceiling raisers. And his skill set, he needs to be able to do it in an elite level, night in, night out. It can be this stuff where he'll score 40 points one game, then go three games scoring 18, 11, and stuff like that. The, good, the guys that are good at this, that make a living out of dropping buckets, 
are the guys that can put up the numbers on a nightly basis, basis where you know what you're getting from him. All he has to do is try on defense and be a decent defender and keep doing what he's doing. And Jalen is going to be one of these all-star level players. Now, hopefully that's not all he does. We hope that he does develop. He has flash passing ability, uh, but he's never going to be like a savant. He's not going to be a Luca or a, or a, um, or Trey Young or one of these guys, but you can see the archetypes with the Devin Bookers. I still think he's going to need another a player or two next to him to assist not only with the scoring, but also the playmaking for him to be really, really impactful. But to have a player that is could potentially average 30 points a game, to me, that that's really a great, uh, you know, it's a great find at the number two pick. And if he is keeps rising and getting better every season like he is, then he's going to be one of the better players in his class uh, going forward. Yeah, and here's something that has to change along with everything else, and, and you've talked about it before, but, man, I saw it again uh, this past few days. There was another game where you just like, man, he's rolling, and he comes into the game in the fourth quarter. And by the way, it's usually after Silas has basically put him on oh, ice for about six or seven yeah. minutes, and he's rolling, and it's like, okay, it's you know who's the hot guy? Who's the guy that can score the ball? It's Jalen Green. Well, can we pass him the ball in, at, at that point in the fourth quarter, or are we going to freeze out our best player? And that's a Kevin Porter issue. That's a Shangoon issue. That's that's these guys that are in the game with Jalen have to recognize. And it's just like the the biggest issue that I've had with this team all year, besides about the other thirty thousand issues. I have to say the biggest <laughs> one because I'm I'm using it for a point here. But <laughs> the biggest issue that I've got is this team can't figure out two things. When their guy gets hot, hey, we got to guard him a little bit more. We got to double team him. We got to throw a little bit more pressure on him. And when our guy gets hot, hey, let's go to him a, a couple of times, Frank. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it goes back to the Shangun and the double team thing with him. It's because the the system is basically left up to the players on the court. And if they're young and selfish and everybody's trying to get theirs, then you don't have any order or structure. And I think J.J. Reddick had pointed this out when he looks at the Rockets offense, there's no hierarchy. So when there's no hierarchy, it's just chaos. Meaning that Jalen could be get could be getting in the third quarter. He goes to the bench, and I'm Shangun or I'm Jabari or I'm KPJ, and I want to get mine. I haven't scored in since the second quarter. I don't care what's going on. I'm gonna get mine. There's nothing to rein me in for that. Coach Silas is not gonna pull me out the game. It's just praise on their immaturity as a team. And uh, it just the lack of that structure. Um, a lot of our offense depends on the guards and depending on who's the guard out there, which I've seen Dacia Nix ice out Jalen before. <laughs> I've seen Dacia Nix ice out Jalen. So to me, that's system issues. It's, it's the also the issues. fact that we go back to the body language. It's, it's, it's just yeah, yeah, it's all of that. It's all connected. It's all connected. None of the stuff that you can say is wrong with the Rockets is enough. All of it, it feeds. It's like a self-fulfilling cycle of, of 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 young and I do think the youth has a thing with it that's unchecked. I think that's the, the the variable that it's unchecked youth and immaturity, and it gets to just fester. And you have you'll see these things where players are arguing, and there's guys that like Jabari's rolling and look him off. I want to get mine. Uh, uh, pe- keep the ball too long, or even Jalen does it. Shangun does it sometimes where he has to get a post up when there's an open pass. It's just there's no checks and balances on a team for negative behavior. It's really up to the guys to decide whether they want to do the right thing or the wrong thing. And for a young team, and once again, I'm not picking on Steven Silas, but 
that is not the approach you take to, to players that are learning how to do their jobs. You build structure. Once they've established a baseline of structure, from there, you let them explore out. But you don't let them just explore this. And this is what gets people fired. You can have all these ideals about, well, we're going to let them figure it out. Guess what? Your job is on the line, buddy, because letting a bunch of 19, 20-year-olds determine whether you get to feed your family, that's risky business. And in this league, everybody has a time a, a time frame they have to get stuff done in. And I think everybody's about to, is going to learn within the next year or two, and even Stone himself, if this is his idea of hosting, uh, of being a uh, a general manager, and it's like, we're not going to have, we don't believe in structure, then he's going to find out that, you know, the NBA is a results-based league. You have to get these guys, learn, learn, get them to learn how to be pros, have consequences for actions, because once they leave here, and John Wall has said this, any other team, a lot of the stuff they're doing, it would have them out the league. Well, Austin, the Austin Rivers said something that, you know, in his podcast recently that just fits these guys to a T. Austin Rivers said, in the NBA, you have to know who you are. There's only two guys on most teams that get the shots when it matters. And you got to figure out, am I one of those guys that gets the shots? And Shane Goon and Kevin Porter need to realize Jalen Green's got the most talent on this team. Jalen Green can make the toughest shots on this team. Jalen Green is going to be that guy in a couple of years. It, it ain't going to be me. Sorry to, to say this to Shane Goon and sorry to say this to Kevin Porter. It ain't you. It's Jalen Green. I think they'll, they'll figure it out, uh, and it'll, it'll happen fairly soon. I also think Jalen has to take that mantle, and he has to like he has to be more aggressive. A lot of those fourth quarters, it is on him. He do he does like if they're not good, you got to take it, bro. Like you can't be passive. I think he defers to Kevin Porter a little bit too much as well. Um, that's been a thing for him. I guess he looks at him as a big brother, but um, he has to know he you he's not equal to KPJ. Like you're the number two, you're the highest pick the Rockets have chosen since since who Yao. And you have to play like it. You're a franchise. Right now, you're the, the b- biggest asset in the franchise. You're the, the, the best asset we have. And um, if, if they're not telling him that, and I don't mind him having to learn that, um, but, yeah, I think over time he'll, he'll get it. I, I'm seeing signs of it that he knows that this is going to be his team. And if he doesn't do it, they might draft somebody next year that will <laughs> and that'll put him in, in a different position. But, um, yeah, I think – but overall for him, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy – with his um, overall development. One thing I would like to see from him is more, just more consistency. Um, and I think next year is going to be a big year for him. This offseason is going to be big for him. He needs to really take it seriously. Uh, once again, the whole touring thing, going on fashion shows and, and all that, trying to get advertised. Like, bro, just go in the gym, lock yourself up. The third year leap is real. For the guys that are really good, that third year is a coming out year. And I want to see that from Jalen Green. And I think he's going to have to put in a lot of work. I hope a part of this season humbled him a little bit because he did start off rocky. And then he knows that he has a long way to go with his game. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see that. And I do believe that he has a work ethic because one of the reasons that Stone said that they really were high on drafting him is because Jalen was a freakish worker. And I still think that's there because you can see how he's improved over time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what form he comes in uh, next year. Yeah, his work ethic is definitely one of the reasons why I wanted the Rockets to drop him because of the stuff that I heard. Uh, just one quick thing before I, I want to ask you about what's going on with Rockets Chop Shop. You and I were going back and forth, and I wanted to get rid of my cable company, and I'm trying to figure out, okay, what cable do I go to to get the Rockets, or where can I go to, to, to stream them and whatever? 
Frank, this is an issue, man. I mean, this is an NBA issue, I think, right. because I, basically most of us have about two cable companies. I know which ones it is for, for you guys in the Houston area. And I, I had to deal between basically picking the two of them because as far as streaming services, and I, and I want the Astros and the Rockets and not everybody is going to want that. So I want, I want AT&T Sports. Not that I necessarily need our broadcasters, but I want it to get both of those games, uh, both of those teams. And so you look at it, Frank, and what's going on with the NBA right now, and it just doesn't seem like we're anywhere closer to, you know, where there's a streaming service that you as a fan can buy that. You have to get in with a particular streaming service that either carries it or you have to get in with the cable service. And by the way, the, the only streaming service that I know of, Frank, that, that carries the Rockets AT&T is Fubo. And the problem with Fubo is they don't have any of the TNT or TBS network. So you cannot get the Rocket, not, not, you cannot get the NBA playoff games. Well, Frank, you go, well, I don't know if I care about uh, playoff games or whatever. Well, if the Rockets get back into the playoffs, you're going to care because beyond the first round, you don't get the Rockets on AT&T. You know, you got to, you got to watch the national stuff and you're depending on TNT and TBS. I, the NBA has got to figure this out because I'm telling you, this isn't the future. And the further this goes along, the more and more you're losing fans because people don't want to pay for this. And anybody that's like, I'm a borderline Rockets fan or I'm a borderline NBA fan, they're just going, well, I can save me a ton of money by just not being connected with this cable service or this streaming or this big streaming service. It's going to make me pay a bunch of money. And, you know, the, re the reason they're making me pay all this money is RSN fees. Yeah, it's um, that whole dynamic with the monopoly that AT&T Sportsnet has with uh, Houston sport, uh, sports teams is really crazy to me. Um, I don't know why the NBA allows this to happen. Um, I feel like they need to just allow fans to be able to stream um, all, all the and, – and baseball. It shouldn't be tied to me to a, to a company. And, and I know there's stuff going on with, like, AT&T Sportsnet in general and Bally's. I don't know. I think I heard Bally's might be um, being bought out or something like that. Yeah, or something like these, that, but... these, these companies are, are going bankrupt. And, yeah. and this is not the plan of the future. And if the NBA thinks so, they're living in Never Never Land. And, and, and there's one thing that I, I just one more thing quickly, Frank, that I forgot to mention. The NFL is beating your butt, NBA and MLB. And you know why they're beating their, your butt as a fan? It's not just because there's two things. It's the supply and demand because there's a lot less games. But the other big thing, the only, other big reason they're beating your butt is because they put all of their games from the local team on free television. And yeah. that's a part of it is like you price out a lot of your fans and some people that this whole generation, this Gen Z and younger, they don't want to pay for they're this. Streaming. Yeah. And you know what? There's and, you know, there's people there's there's streams there's free streams that people can find online that'll turn them off you could and a lot of people are going to uh non-cable providers to watch their games where they're just getting the league pass and the thing with the league pass is that like now you have to pick all your channels like a buffet where you have league pass for uh nba local games you got to go get this tv streaming service for your tnt games you got to get this service so um, and people are just, they're just breaking, breaking out of that, that mold. And I think the NBA needs to catch up. I would, I would encourage them to have all their, um, games, no matter whether they're local or unless they're televised like nationally on a free channel, 
have them available on the on the app. Just have them available on the app where people can just watch everything on one app where you don't have to go to TNT or this or that. And just because that's where things are going. If they don't, people are still going to keep going to these illegal streams. They're going to find alternatives to watch these games, and they're just the ones that are going to lose their viewers. Um, I'm sure a lot of people watch basketball games, but the Nielsen scores or whatever, Nielsen ratings, uh, capturing, that's not going to be accurate because most people are disconnected um, at this point. Well, that, that, and to you me, know that, the, the, the illegal stuff kill, kills them in ad, advertising, yep. which is going to kill them in monies. And, and let me just tell you, the NBA and Major League Baseball, you know, you think the the goose the gold lay the golden eggs gonna last forever? It's gonna become niche. This this is gonna become like boxing. Yep. It's 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 coming. The streaming stuff is really is where to go, and that's why cable to me cable is gonna be dead in like five years. Like, uh, and I was just telling you know we were talking about me like why didn't I disconnect earlier? I think the move is to disconnect. Like it's 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 no reason for anybody to be paying two three hundred dollars uh, to if you're a sports fan and you're watching three channels. Uh, out of the three hundred, the other two hundred and eighty useless ones that you have, and you're paying that much money, and people are figuring it out, and they're figuring it out, and they're leaving, and all these cable deals that you have to watch AT and T's this or this channel, and you can only get it through Xfinity or this. Con- that's that's you're just forcing uh, customers out of your market, and at some point, people are like, you know what? I don't care. I'll just watch the legal stream, or I'll find it somewhere else. I'll watch the game after you know on YouTube, whatever. Uh, but yeah, they definitely need to address that because I feel like their numbers, they're going to keep plummeting to the point now they're bragging about their streaming when they report their viewership. It used to be just TV. Now they're starting to include streaming because the TV numbers are getting so low and it's a trend. It's like they're, I, but I think that the, once the contracts come up, they need to renegotiate how that looks and the structure because even the sports uh, broadcasting networks, the cable ones, ESPN, AT&T Sportsnet, they're laying off a lot of people. There, so everybody's feeling the squeeze, and NBA needs to be proactive in getting out while you know they're still uh, credible with their customers. Yeah, I think it's penny wise, pound foolish type stuff by the NBA on and the NMLB on 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 these fronts, and they're gonna fit. You know, they're gonna pay for it. Maybe these owners are all gonna get out before. Maybe they see it coming, and some of them are gonna start selling their teams. If we see that, you know, that's happened, but. Anyway, what, what's going on with Rockets Job Shop before we finish up? Uh, I mean, the, the season's ending, so it's, the content is, is drying up a bit. But uh, we still do the post-game lives. I think we're going to start shifting uh, towards off-season mode. We're going to get a head start of the Rockets going into Phase 2. So we'll start looking at some of the uh, you know potential trades, free agents, um, start doing some deep dives on some of the draft uh, prospects that are going to be coming up in this year's draft. So, yeah, that's where we're going to be heading towards as uh, we end off this season. Yeah, I think we got about one more of these regular season left in us, and then we'll and we'll start. Uh, oh, next thing is you and I. I, I guess our, we'll have to start concentrating on uh, praying for Victor. <laughs> yeah, man, we'll just get on here and pray for thirty minutes, do a little Bible study, <laughs> then, then, then uh, go on to the next show. But now, appreciate you for having me. All right, take it easy. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Hey, don't forget to support us by subscribing and commenting on YouTube. You can always listen to us on Spotify, Apple, or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends about us and share our show links on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.